Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Uneducated Rugby Podcast with me, Karen Harris. Uh, this week we have two Glaswegian fans on to review Cardiff versus Glasgow. Yeah, um, we've we've heard from John Anderson before, um, who's been on the pods before. It's great to have you back, John. Yeah, thanks thanks for having me back. Obviously, my, my choices in the previous podcast have not seen me banned. I've, I've brought <laughs> pink, pink, pink wafer biscuits, obviously. The disciplinary proceedings were reduced and I got a wee couple of week ban uh, and I went obviously to tackle school as well. Yes, yes, that's it, that's important. But you 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 have promised me you wouldn't mention CJ Stander this week. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the subject matter this week does dictate that <laughs> CJ might get a mention, but it'll be in it'll be heavily in context. <laughs> heavily in context. And um, I'm really glad to see that we've got Johnny McGinty as well on. Johnny, um, you're also on the Scottish Rugby Podcast with John Anderson, a, a strong Glaswegian fan as well. So it's great to have you on. Yeah, um, looking forward to doing the Glasgow team. Not looking forward so much to doing the weekend's game, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We'll get through it. Yeah, we thought we thought we'd do this twofold. Um, so to start off with, we talk on the weekend because, um, yeah, basically I said to both of you just before coming on that we're a podcast with a Ospreys and Scarlets fans on on the the hosting front, and then we very rarely give Cardiff due credit. So we've decided to invite two Glaswegians to to further that campaign and not give Cardiff any credit. But we're going to talk about that game first and then move on to the fifteen. But so the weekend. From your perspective, Johnny, you know you started off Glasgow started off poorly. Cardiff were were ahead, and then suddenly Carl Stain starts tearing it up, and and Glasgow are storming ahead. But what happened in that second half is just it's just sorry yeah. the season really. Yeah, Do you know. So I was um, I was actually out for dinner on Saturday night. Took took my eighty seven year old grandmother out for dinner and uh, listened to her talk about how she refuses to watch the women's Six Nations because she doesn't understand how ladies could bash into each other in such a violent fashion. And I would <laughs> genuinely rather go through that again than watch that game. Just like I've, I've said this on our on our pod a few times before. With Glasgow, you can always tell when they're going to lose a game. Yeah, and and as soon as, as soon as I as soon as I see something that makes me go, we're going to lose this game without fail, we lose. And we could be 10 or 15 points ahead and something happens and you go, we're about to lose this game. And it always happens. It's just, it's our, uh, it's our special move at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it's, it's bizarre. It's, the, the game seemed to have lots of twists and turns. You know, it, the old cliches don't really apply with it being a, a tale of two halves. But, John, there was sort of a moment around 50 minutes, I think, where Jason Harries has just kicked out on the full. And Scotland get a line out pretty much just outside the the Cardiff twenty two, and then they overthrow, and that was the first line out I think Glasgow missed, and the line had been superb all game, stealing from Cardiff throughout the game, leading to that Kyle Stain setup for the try. Um, do you think that was the turning point, or do you think it was the yellow card for uh, Robert Duval? <laughs> I mentioned there may be a joke that you need a bit of thinking time for. <laughs> Um, right, so back to your question. Um, <laughs> Terrible. No, actually, just to, just to kind of act, so let's connect the point. Um, we did actually miss another line out, quite a quite an important line out where Fraser Brown had a squint throw yes. just before half time, yes. where we were going to the bonus point. And do you know what? I think if Glasgow had got the bonus point there, and then we possibly would have just kicked on. 
Mm. As it was, you could actually see Fraser Brown's head went down immediately, which seems to happen. And he's one of the crucial leaders in that team. And that be, you know, this is not this is not a new phenomenon. Fifty minutes in Glasgow, absolutely capitulate. Mm. We've seen it quite a few times this season. Scarlet um, as well. Scarlets, Exeter are the two that come to mind. Um, Lara Shell was not pretty either. Um, you know, you expect more from... It's not like it was an inexperienced team that was out there. You expect guys, Ryan Wilson's out there, Fraser Brown, Ali Price is there as well. These are, these are not... Clearly, they're not inexperienced players. Yet this is happening time and time again. Actually, I would say the guys look unfit. At the weekend, uh, Ross Thompson came off looking absolutely puffed. Mm. Um, and a few of the other boys were really struggling. Um, for me, that's a coaching issue. Um, these guys are very good rugby players and they're being mismanaged, in my opinion. And it cost us another game. Probably it's cost us a home semi-final. Because uh, we'll go down to South Africa and we'll probably get slapped about now. We'll be lucky if we get anything out of the Edinburgh game. And, you know, I wouldn't even be surprised to see a struggle to get a bonus point this week against Avery. Oh, well, as an Ospreys fan, don't mention that. <laughs> Ospreys were terrible. But um, the, I, I think you've touched on a few things which I did want to discuss with you because to some extent it was the Danny Wilson derby. Obviously, Danny Wilson having previously coached Cardiff. Now, Johnny, I'm looking at the table and Glasgow are fourth in the table currently. You're ahead of Edinburgh and there's all this huge swell of emotion towards Mike Blair and Mike Blair's style of rugby, but it seems on the other side of the coin at Glasgow that there's a lot of criticism coming in the way of Danny Wilson. Is that... What What are the main reasons behind that, do you think? Yeah. Um, for me, I think that, that the reason that the Edinburgh fans are so much happier than we are is that you can see so much progression with Edinburgh. Where they are now, compared to where they were when Mike Blair took over, is like night and day, and it's been fantastic. Um, whereas Glasgow and I've just realised I referred to Glasgow as we I hate that that's my pet hate so I'm going to try not to do it again um, with with Glasgow Glasgow had a, had a decent roster of players already brought a lot of really good players in have been a team that has every season been challenging at the sharp end of the the season and have got to semi-finals and got to finals and this team just doesn't look like one of those teams and, and I think we Glasgow fans, I think, get the impression that the team's going backwards, whereas you can see Edinburgh going forwards at a rate of knots. So, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of the two sets of fans look at it quite differently. I think, despite the fact that we're, you know, yeah, it, you know, it's, each other the table. It's all perspective, isn't it? I suppose you know, you look at you look at certain things in the table. Ulster will be very happy with third and improving at the moment, whereas if it was Leinster, vice versa, they'd be very disappointed. And I, I don't know, I'm. I'm looking at that Glasgow team and I'm looking at the guys that have left recently as well and that's that's clearly a part to play. Do you think those haven't been replaced significantly enough, John? I think that was an issue two years ago. Um, and I think everyone made the argument, obviously, with COVID coming in, recruitment became... Recruitment was just something yeah. that you know became a massive problem. And the, the mantra of... So, Cards on the table. I've never been a fan of Danny Wilson. I think he is. Uh, he's he's been stealing eleven for quite a few years. You've been um, so understated about. <laughs> yeah, no, I have, I have it, all right? <laughs> Just 
it's important for a new group of listeners to, to enjoy. <laughs> no, I, I, I think Danny Wilson, um, I think he should, shouldn't be the head coach of anyone, frankly, but um, his, the defenders of him were saying he needs he needs a, you know, to use a football term, he needs a transfer window. He needs a summer where he can do his own recruitment. He can put his stamp on this team. Well, we're seeing this stamp this season and the stamp is not pretty. It's not it's not Glaswegian rugby. We we expect fast going, you know, ability to kind of score for anywhere, but players to play rugby. He's made no secret of the idea he wants this pragmatic approach. But that only works if you've got a defence that can actually stand up to it. And there, there's there's issues with the set piece, there's issues with the defence, there's Issues with leadership. These are, you know, last season when Edinburgh were capitulating under Cockrell, that was all the criticisms that were going there. And it was like, oh, yeah, Cockrell's lost the dressing room. Mm. These these are telltale signs that this Glaswegian de- the dressing room's not happy. And, you know, obviously news comes out today that another massive part of the club in Rob Harley is, is leaving. He's not retiring, he's leaving. That is a huge statement. Like he's been, he's been doing it. Yeah, he's been on the peripherals for a few years. But remember, what we done with Al Kellett when we won the title. Al Kellett was it wasn't first choice. He was far from first choice, but he was still in that club, driving standards, driving leadership. If you can do away with that, with what you've seen at the weekend, I think you're you're sorely mistaken. Well, yeah, pretty strongly. But you know, no, I, th- I think I think in the fairness, you're you're pretty spot on. The the only thing I, I I'm not quite sold on and this is I know I'm looking at it purely stats because I don't follow Glasgow week in week out but you've only scored 11 points less than Edinburgh this season now that suggests that you are playing some more free flowing rugby and on the weekend I did see signs of free flowing rugby and signs that certainly signs that Glasgow could play that style of rugby um granted you were doing it on the back of probably the more pragmatic elements which were you know, winning line outs and turning lineouts over, and it was sort of off the cuff play, which probably wasn't planned. And you know, I don't know, maybe not, maybe not uh, down to systems, etc. Which, you know, again, is that down to coaching? You could question that massively. Um, on on the positive, what what did what did you make of of Cardiff on the weekend? Were you impressed with Cardiff, or did you just think that Cardiff were a bit fortunate, really, to to see the the capitulation that we saw in the second half? All right, I'm going to try and be as positive as I possibly can. No, I mean, when a a team collapses in the way that Glasgow did, yeah, you're lucky that that happens, but you have to be a good enough team to recognise it and capitalise on it. Now, I've watched Cardiff a couple of times this season because I watched them against Edinburgh as well, and the Edinburgh game was shambolic. Like, terrible. Um, they, they were obviously an improvement from that at the weekend, which wouldn't be difficult. But you know, I wouldn't, based on the evidence of seeing them against Edinburgh, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Glasgow collapse and Cardiff just not make any use of it at all. So, you know, they're obviously good enough that they recognised what was happening. They jumped on their chances. They scored a lot of points. Are they the sort of team that Glasgow should be losing to? Absolutely not. Mm. But. We gave them an opportunity and they took it. And they're obviously, you know, they're, they're good enough and they're prepared enough to take that opportunity when it comes up. So credit to them. Yeah, I personally with Cardiff, I, they're a side that this season have been 
they're, well, historically, they've been up and down. Like they'll win, they'll have a great win one week and a terrible loss the next week. That's been the case for Cardiff for, for years and years and years. And you look at the sort of rugby they played against uh, the likes of Toulouse and Heineken Cup and um, and against Harlequins as well, when they didn't have their first choice players. So they just went, let's throw the ball around and have fun. And you see them do that with their second string. And then you see them, what they perform on the weekend against, you know, a couple of weeks ago against Ulster. That was abysmal. Honestly, that was one of the worst performances I've ever watched on a, a team. And I've watched a bit of Dragons this season as well. So <laughs> I've seen I've seen them and they, they are bad as well. But um, I thought Hallahollow really stepped up and needed to, frankly. Uh, not to be too harsh about him, but he was so bad against Ulster and really poor for 45 minutes against Italy as well before he was given the shepherd's crook. And, you know, I love seeing a young winger scoring tries and that sounds really bad, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Theo Cabango um, scoring a couple of tries. I think his, I think his brother is actually playing for, for Wales uh, this evening and he is one hell of a talent and took his tries really well, to be fair to him, especially, especially the, the second one, John. Yeah, I think, you know, it's opportunistic stuff. And I think actually, I think that was the story of the game from both sides. You, yeah. you talk about Glasgow's, you know, tries. And there was a, uh, at least two of them where you, know, you don't score tries like that against good teams. Like, no, no. The, the Sam Johnson one in particular stands out as, you know, if you're a defence coach, not the mean Johnny you've got here, but you would be absolutely tearing it out. Um, just, just as amateurish. Amateurish style defending, but Glasgow were doing the exact same. Oh, and yeah, you could argue, you know, Cardiff got lucky with the bounce of the ball and that, you know, it did go back. But watch the Glasgow players, they all stopped playing. Yeah. They make the absolute criminal mistake of stopping playing. Your boy's taking a chance, he's went through, he's scored a lovely try, he's had a good game. Um, I think he's got potential to be a very, very good player for you. Is he going to be an international winger? Probably not. I don't I don't see enough of him yet to, to really think that, but, I, you know, maybe I'll be wrong. Um, but I think he's, he's he's got potential and he's a young boy and let's see how he does. He's got really good gas and, you know, yeah, like you say, let's see how he does. Let's not build him up too much. Um, and yeah, I think... Gas is useful, but you know fine well international games, the way wings are going, with the exception of, a couple of players, you, you're, you, you know, you're six foot four and eighteen stone now. That's that's your wingers. It's yeah, but ridiculous. If if we get onto the levels of having Jason Harry's on the wing for Wales, we really need to worry because he is <laughs> he is a snail in rugby clothing. Oh, he's slow. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, you mentioned amateurish defending. I think the Hallahalla break where he runs almost half the pitch and then offloads it that was amateurish that i yeah. did it did make me laugh his try when he's the mismatch he spotted outside ali kebel and he's rounded ali kebel then ali price is hanging onto his ankles and he's still carrying him in the dead ball area it was sort of utterly disrespectful um can we touch on the yellow card as well because that's not a yellow card. John, on you go, because I know he's, gonna uh, yeah. he's got some thoughts on this. <laughs> it's, 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 it's not a yellow card. It's just not. So, right. So, what's, what's, what, go for your justification on that. So, my, my justification is quite simple. He's gone with two hands. He's got, made, a, made a realistic... Uh, the, the terminology, are you in a realistic position to catch that ball? And he's gone with two hands. That's the first, that's the first point in his favour. 
The second point is he's he's intercepted two others, so he's clearly bloody good at it. <laughs> so I think I think that I maybe it shouldn't be a factor, but I think it is. But I've seen I've seen so many worse yellow cards, so many worse slapdowns not given yellow cards than that. Yeah. I can think of Hogg in the Six Nations. I can think of Bowden Barrett in the Autumn, and then that one. I'm looking at it and going, he's made a he's made an effort to catch that ball. That's no, it's yeah, not, no so more I, than a I, knock on. I, I I actually completely agree with you because um, so if you if you judge it based on what referees were doing, say two months ago, it's a yellow card all day, right? And it would have been a yellow card. Then we had a bit of a change during the Six Nations where they seem to be. They, they kind of changed the way they were doing it yeah. without telling anybody. Mm. And then we obviously, so for the for the Glasgow Edinburgh game, uh, we were watching um, Holly Davidson, um, sort of looking at intent, but then looking at covering defenders, like she was considering like penalty try style, yeah. but considering whether it's a yellow because there's covering players, which is kind of making up laws at that point. Like, you know, you're kind of just like, all right, so what, real book, is it just like there's kind of guidance? So, you know, your interpretation is actually just what you're feeling at that point. I think she got it horribly wrong. And I think yeah. actually the referees during the Six Nations have got it horribly wrong yeah. with some very deliberate knockdowns. Yeah. Conversely, I think you're absolutely right that the one at the weekend, I there was a clear intent to go for it. And you can see, like, yes, you can see the argument that it does stop a tricycle opportunity, but also... You know what we're just saying. Players just can't do that. Not allowed to intercept. Well, just not a thing. It's it's wild because like you're getting guys who are, you know, it's the the trick now of like hitting it right up into the air and then like chasing it and then it's basically a lottery. If you've got, if you've hit it up into the air and then you drop it, what you get sent at that point? Yeah, well, you do. This, yeah, this is so the thing. Crazy, but, but crazy. It, my previous understanding of the law was if your palm is basically, if, essentially, if your palm is facing up and you're trying to flick it up, it's play on. Yep. Yep. Or or, or knock on if you if it goes forward. Ah, if it goes forward, it's a knock on. Yeah. yeah. But if you're kind of going down, it's a deliberate knock down, which then is exactly. But, but if you're going to be too hands, the, the, the worst. It's one of my least favourite laws. Oh, I yeah. really don't. And, and as an outside back, obviously, um, <laughs> it's, it's one that I really, really do not like. And just purely because, apart from me, obviously, if you, like the, the skill and ability of professional players nowadays, especially professional backs, like the handling skill that's on display is phenomenal. The stuff mm. that they can do, you know, you see the guys doing the sort of like NFL style one-handed grab and catching it behind their back and all sorts of stuff. So it's perfectly reasonable to think if you, if someone sees a half chance to intercept it, that the majority of professional players nowadays could go for the interception, but they seem to get penalised for it so, so often. Yeah. And yellow yeah. carded and penalty tries and everything. And, it, and a lot of the time it's obvious that they are actually trying to catch it. Yeah. I, the yellow card situation that John mentioned earlier as well is, is baffling me because they, they t- keep on talking about is there a chance of a line break and then they start talking about covering defenders. Now, I may be wrong here, but in my mind, if you're talking about covering defenders, there's a chance of a line break in the first place because they can't be covering if there's not a line break. Now, I, I really struggle with this. I, I, I struggle with that throw you out the autumn. I think there needs to be clarification on it. But yeah, um, I'm going to mention my joke again, but Robert Duvall shouldn't have been yellow-carded. Uh, constantly... <laughs> <laughs> yes, I said I'd mention it twice, so I wouldn't get enough credit. Um, but yeah, Con- Consiglieri, I think he scored his first two tries for um, for Glasgow, so it was a good 
good game for him as well. Um, I think we can park that there because, yeah, like I mentioned, I don't yeah, think please. either of you want to talk about Glasgow and I, Cardiff are not my favourite t- side to talk about either. Um, so we'll talk about the second reason that we've had on the pod, which is to do a Glasgow 15. It's been, well, we've done Edinburgh 15, we've done a Scotland 15, John, and obviously we had you on to do the, the Six Nations 15. So finally, we've got the Glasgow 15. And you, you mentioned to me you found this quite straightforward to do and you had two teams, actually. Uh, yeah, uh, two teams plus honourable mentions. Uh, I, I was, yeah, I was saying earlier on, I, I found maybe, it'll be interesting to see how the debate goes, but I think the first first 15 for me actually just kind of fell into place very easily. Um, good mixture of kind of different eras. Um, second 15, again, there's maybe some more, it's more touching on club legends as opposed to maybe, you know, maybe players that if you were to compare them they're not as good as the guy in the first, but they're still an absolute Glasgow legend and deserve mm. a mention. Um, so yeah, it's um, I found it quite yeah I found it quite easy. Obviously, I had the benefit of having written an article on this <laughs> last year. Or yeah, so an article you sent me, which was both a hindrance and a curse. Both the players were in the curse, I should say, rather because I yeah. started reading it and went. Yeah, I agree with that one. I agree with that one. I agree with that one. And I went, hmm. Yeah, I can't really just pick the same team John has picked. So I think I think there are some there are some players that jump straight in and there are some that are a bit more difficult. Uh, Johnny, as you're the guest, you get to decide. Do you want to start with front row or would you rather start with the back three initially? Nah, I'll start with front row, save the best for last. So <laughs> technically should we not do front row and then do fifteen to nine? Which would mean we're saving nine for. We'll do that, yeah. One, one to eight, and then fifteen to nine. Do it properly. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what, though, we're doing six, seven, eight. I'm not having any of this nonsense. No, no, yeah. Six, eight, seven. We're not. Six, eight, seven. No, absolutely not. I agree with you when you're talking about it. I think when it's written down, I like the six, eight, seven. I don't know why. It's, It's how I've always written it. How I've always, I think it's, I used to read old team sheets, and that's why. And back in the sort of eighties and nineties, they used to have six, eight, seven, and that shows a worrying childhood of reading old team sheets. So let's move on quickly. <laughs> As a twenty-five-year-old man reading reading old team sheets of the eighties and seventies, um, right? <laughs> Loose head prop, Johnny. Uh, you can start us off then. Mine is more of a like my favourite Glasgow fifteens. So my my loose head um, is a bit of a Glasgow legend. Plays both sides of the scrum. Um, Murray Lowe for my loose head. Murray Lowe, that's an interesting one. Nice. That's a good shout. It is a good shout. I've I, I good he's, he's hundred odd caps for Glasgow. Yeah. hundred and fifty. Yeah. I've got. I think so. That's a pretty it's a pretty yeah pretty, yeah pretty successful career. Like you said, played both sides of the scrum. Um, would you say he was a better loose head than tighter, Johnny, or would you have, have you just shoehorned him into loose head? Uh, I've, I've stuck him in at loose head because I, I have a different contender for tight head. <laughs> shoehorned in. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, John, who have you opted for at loose head? So, loose head, I went with uh, the, the man, the legend, the Godzilla himself, uh, Gordon Reid. Um, there was a period of time for Glasgow around the, about about the time we were really really successful, where Gordon Reid was the absolute heartbeat of everything that was coming through that Glasgow pack. Such an infectious character, obviously an issue 
in terms of like a throwback to the props are meant to look like. He he did not he did not subscribe to protein shakes. He was iron blue through and through. So no, Gordon Reed for me is in, in, in my first first fifteen. Yeah, uh, one hundred and thirteen caps as well. I've I've gone with him as well. Uh, full disclosure, I also had the likes of uh, Ryan Grant written down. Just partly partly because I think scrummaging down against Ryan Grant would be not a pretty sight. <laughs> I think that's a scary looking prop to be looking at. To be fair. <laughs> Yeah, Ryan Grant was the second second choice I had written down uh, for a couple of seasons. Um, Ryan Grant was the best scrummaging we said in the world, and um, the watching just just absolutely <laughs> massacred his career. I was like, oh, oh no, that 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 that's him. He's now hopeless. Um, it was it was terrible. But yeah, Ryan Grant, another great Glasgow servant. But um, yeah, for for me, Gordon Reid's the the man in this one. So I, I I should explain, Johnny. Majority vote takes takes the biscuit on this on this on this system, uh, and that's this. Murray Lowe has been robbed. To be fair, unless uh, he's possibly p- uh, popping up at tight end in John's team. Unfortunately, he's not popped up there for me. I've gone with John Welsh um, at tight end, partly because, as listeners will know, and as John knows, because following my appearance on his podcast, I am not a biggest fan of Sander Ferguson. Um, so I went with I went with uh, John Welsh personally. I think. It's not just because he's got Welsh in the surname. I think he was a very solid scrimmager for, for Glasgow. And if I think of what I want this pack to do, and especially during that period, you want a pack that's going to stand up in the old in the old stadium with the old ground. And I am thinking of old Glasgow here. I'm not thinking of 3G, 4G pitches or whatever. I'm thinking of <laughs> wet, windy, murky Glasgow. And that will come into pay later in my team. But um, that's why I've gone with John Welsh at tight end. Uh, Johnny, have you gone similarly or have you gone with someone a bit more oh, luxurious? I've gone for uh, my favourite current favourite current warrior, possibly my favourite ever warrior, Zanbags himself at time uh. for me. Because I love him so much and I don't care what you say. Right, um, <laughs> come on. Explain the explain the reasoning behind it because I'm I I probably need to. You're, you're preaching to someone who's never going to be converted, but you can probably try. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you know it's, it's just like I say. I kind of picked a I picked the team of all my favourites, and I just love Zander so much. I love his like I love his cheekiness. I love the fact that he loves fighting. Um, I think he's he's great around. He is he is great around the park, and he's he's a decent yeah. enough scrummager. He's just he's just everything about him is just really good fun. I like him a lot. So and he's only twenty five. Like, yeah, we still forget. We're like this beast that's been about for seven years. He's only twenty five. He's, he's yeah. Do you know um, on my Facebook memories a couple of days ago um, popped up a Facebook status from two thousand eighteen where I'd been to Rome to watch Scotland and then I got to Scotland a couple of weeks later to watch Glasgow play Zebra and my Facebook said something along the lines of uh, I, I know we joke about this but I am genuinely quite concerned how much Xander loves fighting. <laughs> I like 21 at the time. <laughs> Absolute scrap merchant. <laughs> he, he's a good, he is a good player around the loose and maybe, you know, I do probably over-criticise him. He's not that bad in the scrum. I probably over-criticise him there. It's the, it's the penalties for me, I think. I think it's the daft penalties that, that I struggle with. I struggle with in a lot of players and 
I think we saw he, he does have brilliant moments of brilliance. He's got good hands, to be fair, for a tight head prop. That has to be said. Really good hands. But the odd penalty is just one of those where you just want to smack your head against the wall. And I suppose... See, I, I don't mind a daft penalty because I'm guilty of the more than the occasional daft penalty. So. <laughs> I think, I think it's a, a Scotland thing as well, isn't it? Like the, the daft penalty is ingrained in our blood. We, we just, we, 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 you know, we've grown up with Jim Hamilton, so like, Sanders a massive improvement. Maybe, Sanders team picked up where the big Jim left off. <laughs> Maybe it's a type five yeah. thing. I, I can think of a couple of props in <laughs> Wales that are prone to it. Um, one was playing on the weekend for for Cardiff. Um, but let's let's move on. John, who who did you go for? Did you go with Xander as well? So I. No, I didn't actually. I'm going to throw a third name into the mix. Uh, mm. Sanders, my second choice. But right. uh, I'm going to throw a third name into the mix. The ref himself, Ewan Murray. Uh, absolute scrummaging monster. Um, again, period of time, sort of mid noughties where Ewan Murray was unplayable. And uh, unless it was Sunday. Um, but then he was unplaying. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again... Couple of, couple of spells at Glasgow, different different impacts in those spells. But I think you could see, you know, when he was there around the title winning time, you could see the improvement in some of the 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 certainly the tight heads there at the time. Um, and for me, just by pure pedigree as well, he stands up to to any name we'll mention tonight. I hundred percent agree. As in, I think he's a better player than both John Welsh and Xander Ferguson. Well, you won't be surprised on the Zander one, but. Um, I, the one thing I will say on Ewan is, for me, I wouldn't say his best spell was at Glasgow. And yeah. I think his best spells were probably in the English Premiership. Do you, and it, it, We're talking a much shorter spell he's, he was at Glasgow compared to the other two. Is that, does that play in at all for you, John? No, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely fair to say that. I mean, still, you know, almost 50 caps for Glasgow. It's not like he... Yeah, only played one season. You know, he's, he's, he's still put in a, a fair few appearances. He's a Glasgow boy through and through as well. So, yeah, I mean, I accept that there's, there's players who played more for Glasgow, but I think you know there was a huge impact from him when he was at Glasgow. And uh, yes, he had better days, certainly at Northampton in particular. He was very good there, but um, yeah, no, I, I, I would I would still have him happy on my side. <laughs> Who's well, who's going to concede then? Because, um, right, I, I think if Xander's John's second choice, then it's got to be Xander. I think I, that is yeah, I, I was saying it in a tactful way to try and avoid Xander, but no, I can understand. <laughs> I agree with you. It has no to be majority. Chance. Majority. If he's the second choice, I agree. Xander Ferguson in at tight end. Um, I'm happy. I can go home now. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait, just wait till CJ Sander gets a mention. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, when you when you started about Xander uh, Fagus, I thought it was going to end up with a slap at the end, similar to Chris Rock. You know, <laughs> I just slated him for five minutes. Um, right, Hooker. This is this is an interesting one. I think there's lots of guys to mention. Not many sort of that jump out. Gerwin Price, maybe. I think uh, as a Welsh run. <laughs> I, don't, oh, I I can't work Gavin. out. I can't work out how many times Gerwin Price actually did play for 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 <laughs> Glasgow. Well, I think I will say is he's a world champion. Something none of the Glasgow players could say. So, <laughs> it is in yeah. a different sport, though. <laughs> so, 
Oh yeah, it well it does there definitely counts. If you count darts, it definitely counts. I think um no, do you know Hooker is one where you know I said earlier on there was there was somewhere there's loads of competition and loads somewhere there's it was quite slim pickings and Hooker's a weird one where there's lots of choices but none of them is like I mean I've got it narrowed down to two really good players mm. but neither of them was there's neither of them that was like he's the person he's the one I'm choosing but not um, thrilled about it no I'm I'm going to stick with the aesthetics of our front row and I'm going to take Scott Lawson for my choice oh, nice. Nice. I had it narrowed down to him or Fraser Brown, but Fraser Brown's too much of an athlete to go in our front row. <laughs> well, that wasn't what I used earlier, but yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I think you mentioned something to do with well, something to do with discipline, was it not, John? You're you're not a big. You find him a bit of a susceptible to the odd penalty. Let's put it that it's, way. He likes the old. He uh, loves a bit of the old brain dead penalty, doesn't he, old Fraser? Um, and it's got worse the, the, the longer he's went on the penalties are getting dafter I mean honestly I think if you were to make a compilation of Fraser Brown penalties at the end of his career like the first the first half of his career will be quite you know be quite lame but then once you get that second half you know probably kicking off with that one down at Twickenham all those years ago um, you know 90 seconds in let's go and absolutely smash someone in the air and it'll just continue from there um, yeah he's, a, he's, a, he's an absolute Discipline liability just now. And you've already got Xander for that job. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're out of gig here, mate. I was about to say he'd no. fit in right in there, that's front row with Xander, but you know, I I, I did go Fraser. Are we trying to win this game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did go Fraser. I'm a big fan of him. I, I love a poaching player and I love the way he poaches over the ball. I think he's brilliant at it. What I did say to you before the pod, and, and uh, me and John agreed to this, is I think. That George Turner is probably is miles clearer him at the moment, and if we're doing this in three or four years' time, John, would you be tempted to put George Turner in? Uh, no, no, uh, probably not. Um, I think I think George Turner offers something different, but my my pick is uh, a very mine's a throwback. Uh, you know, it's like it was pushing the boundary of timescales. Yeah, but I went with, I went with Gordon Book, who. Mm. At the time, uh, so there was like, you know, the kind of opta of the sort of thing. He was st- statistically voted the best hooker in the world in 2002. He had a couple of great years. He, he you know, he, he played really well at Glasgow from 2003, went on, a, um, went on the Lions tour in 2005 as well. So, you know, a very, very talented player that perhaps because he played in an era where Glasgow were a bit rubbish, kind of gets lost but you know a, a great servant to Scottish rugby a phenomenal servant to Glasgow rugby and uh, world class in his day yeah superb player I, I'm i glad you mentioned him because we what I forgot to mention at the start is we do tend to go from 2003 although we've done it a bit more loosely like it doesn't matter if it's 2000 or 2003 we can sort of go around there but like you mentioned 151 appearances I think he had two for the Lions I think he went on both tours in 01 and 05 Um, he was very close to coming into the Scotland 15 we did a a while back Um, uh, but I did it with two Edinburgh fans so no surprises Ross Ford went out there but uh, (laughs) (laughs) I knew that would get that reaction it was yeah that's that's the closest man since I like to be to Ross Ford who's the other Edinburgh fan? Uh, Murray 
Murray and Craig. Ah, right, okay. Uh, Murray. Um, that's their season ticket holder list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are at an impasse now. And there are other hookers to mention. I, I should mention, you know, Dougie Hall or Doogie Hall, sorry. Is it, I can never remember if it was Doogie or Dougie. Or, do, do, te- doogie, doogie. Te- teach me how yeah, to Doogie. doogie. No, uh, anyway. Um, Pat, Pat, <laughs> <laughs> that was terrible. Let's move on. Uh, was it, Did was, you add him to the list just for that joke? <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised it landed better than my joke earlier. But anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pat MacArthur, was, that, uh, was he up there for you? Not really. 165 appearances, I saw. He played a lot. He played a lot. And yeah. Again, he was, he was very solid. He'd done a job. I think the frustration with Pat MacArthur was that he always looked like he had so much more to give. There was like, he always looked like he was such an intelligent rugby player, but he looked like he was within himself. Mm. And you were just kind of waiting. You know, he's been it. He's phenomenal at 70, 70%, but you're like, can you just push through a wee bit? He could have, you know, it was the era of Ross Ford, but he could, you know, technically he was vastly superior to Ross Ford. Mm. And it was just that, probably that bit of physicality lacking. Probably the same as Doogie Hall, actually. No, Doogie Hall wasn't massive. Scott Lawson was, again, penalty machine. So, you know, the, the, the hookers at that time, they all had, you know, you look, you look to minimise your flaws as a player. And, you know, if you're putting a team together, you look to kind of play to everybody's strengths, yes, but also if you can mitigate some of the glaring weaknesses. That Scotland team at that time, every hooker had a standout flaw that would then kind of impact whether they got, you know, would go on to get 100-odd caps for Scotland or not. And it was like Ford just had the least kind of evident flaws, you know. <laughs> and Edinburgh fans will hate me for that, but, you know, that... that that, that, I've said that a number of times yeah. as well. You know? I don't. I don't think. You, I think now is too late to worry about that, John. <laughs> if John ever gets to write a memoir, Edinburgh fans will hate me for this. Is probably what it should be called. Brilliant. Yeah, um, yeah. It'll be a six out of ten memoir. <laughs> John, what was what was your second choice? Because you mentioned you came up with a second fifteen. Yeah. So actually, my second choice was Fraser Brown. Uh, I just think whilst I. So, my as I said to you before, I think my petulant kind of spit the dummy out cram lip kind of got put on after the nonsense of the last wee while with Fraser Brown. But ultimately, has been a massive part of this Glasgow team. He's been a massive servant for for Glasgow. He's been part of some amazing performances for Glasgow as well. Thinking particularly a couple of massive European nights, mm. Racing um, and Leicester as well. You know, he, he has been. When he's when when he was at his peak, he was a very 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 strong player. So, yeah. I, I admittedly yes, toys out the bam probably you know it is just probably considering the current disciplinary issues he's having. Maybe maybe, but yeah, I think Fraser Brown's a worthy addition if they go down. If he, if he was both our second choice and Karen's first choice, then he should be the one that goes. I think that's me. So Fraser Brown in at hooker. So I'm quite I'm quite chuffed on this. On a, on a Glasgow 15, I've got two in the front row. Although Xander <laughs> sort of <laughs> detracts from it for me. I'm going to move on because I, I need to stop. Um, right, second rows. Honestly, this this is one of the best second rows options that I've seen. As in, you're talking talking the two Grey brothers. You're talking Leon. Uh, I've butchered that name. Leonin Nakarawa. You're talking Al Kellock. Uh, likes of Tim Swinson has got 137 appearances for Glasgow. So and he. 
for me, he was quite far behind at fifth. So, Johnny, I'll come to you first. What was your second row pairing? Uh, well, me and John have mentioned one of them already. I think we need to just take a moment because I don't know about John, but I am obviously very upset. The Glasgow legend, Sir Robert of Harley, first ah, of my second there will not be a Glasgow team that doesn't have Rob Harley in it, I wouldn't think. If you asked any Glasgow fan to name, a, to name your, your dream Glasgow 15, Rob Harley is in every single one. Yeah. Um, and then I'm pairing him with, again, I'm going to say this again, I just picked my favourite players. Uh, so I'm going to pair him with possibly my favourite import ever to Scottsdale the first time round, uh, Big Uncle Nack-Nack, Leonie Rakarawa. Yeah. Yeah. I... Personally, I love Leonie Nakarawa. I'll, I'll come back to Rob Harley because that's that's something I wanted to talk about because I personally think of him more as a six, personally. But we'll, we'll come back to him. But Nakarawa, I've never seen a second row offload like that, ever. E- honestly, ever. And I'm trying to think, is there anyone else who can do it? I've seen Seb Davis do it like once in a blue moon and it comes off once in a blue moon. <laughs> But I can't that, believe you've just compared to that, Leonie Nakarawa. Uh, that, that is me showing true glance happy. He, went to, he was in my school years, so that's true <laughs> bias there. You mentioned would there be bias in his pod. That's the bias that we're going to. Um, but I, I'm trying to think of... I, I can't think of anyone else who did it. And it was sort of utterly disrespectful the way he used to play rugby, really. No, no care to the opposition. It didn't matter who you were. He was going to sort of basketball throw it around you with that amount of care in the world, John. And Do you know who's got who's got sneaky good hands that, that uh, have, he did so much other stuff that does, does, doesn't ever really get mentioned is Victor Matterfield was a bit of an offloader, actually. I did like him offload, actually. He's, just... he's got a cheeky, he liked a cheeky behind-the-back basketball yeah, pass. Yeah, he But I think the only person not as good as that was, the only one close to Leonie uh, Nakarala for the offload is Sonny Williams. And diff- different types of player, but the only player that would come even close to, to the, the quality yeah. of offload. As, as a, yeah, as a second row, there's not a, not a, not a par. No, you, know, no, no. you, you think of all the great running second rows there are now. Your your Ty Burns, your Cameron Walkies, even them aren't throwing the offloads that he used to throw. No, so no, cool. um, I assume he's in your your team also, John. So who did you partner yes, him yes. with? Uh, so he uh, speaking of Glasgow legends. Uh, Harley will get his time, don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I've, I've partnered him with Al Kellogg, actually. Again, it was a tough decision between mm. for me between Al Kellogg and John Egri. Yeah. Um, I think Al Kellogg, and this is actually a reversal of my previous article, where I've kind of been like, I thought more about it, and I don't know, Al Kellogg maybe hasn't annoyed me quite as much as he, I don't know, he just, it was a bit, at the time, I was just like, really like yeah Al it was not the greatest rugby player not the he would never tell you otherwise he was a massive leader of men and that he drove almost single-handedly in some cases drove the standards at Glasgow from almost an amateur outfit up to a championship winning outfit and that was he was responsible for that and you see the pride he took in that and the way he continues to lead the club now. Um, for me, just all-time Glasgow legends. Also blocked Cammy on Twitter, which was quite funny. <laughs> uh, so, he doesn't know why. 
Also, his story about um, taking Jim Hamilton round the back of the bike sheds at Wallace High School in Stirling when they did a, a joint um, training session for school and giving him a doing. It's, it's always hilarious. <laughs> What more do we need? <laughs> but, but yeah, as, as, as I said, Johnny Gray was the kind of next in line there. Again, you're talk, talking world-class players, so, you know, uh, but Kellogg and Nakarawa for me. I had the same debate as you. Um, Ali, Al Kellogg versus Johnny Gray. Um, I actually went with Al Kellogg in the end due to the fact that he was two-time team of the season for the Pro 12. And I realised... Oh. I realised maybe that sometimes the Pro 12's team of the season is perhaps the players that stay at the clubs as opposed to the best players in the league. However, Al Kellogg was a superb player in his own right. And, you know, as you mentioned, club legend, I think 150-odd appearances, but I think 156 caps I've got, but maybe that's incorrect. But I think that's what he had. I think 152 of those were as captain, which I'm trying to work out how on earth do you manage to only have four caps not as captain? But that's, that's, that's an incredible if that's the case. And I've take, I think I've taken that off the Glasgow website. So either the Glasgow website is updating or um, or that's just a false fact. But uh, it's phenomenal stats. Johnny Gray, for, as a tackle merchant, incredible. Doesn't miss tackles, really. I, there's not much more to say on Johnny Gray, apart from he's incredibly unlucky to miss out, I think. And probably he's going to be in the most unlucky category really in this team probably now yeah 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 he's quite quite high up on the so he's in the second 15 but you know he's he's like captaining the second 15 and and he's coming off the bit he's he's he is he's he's up the 19 in this squad he's coming off or the 18 sorry 19 no 19 was right he's coming <laughs> off the bench uh to to come and take off from Kellock and close this game out yeah You'll probably make 70 tackles in that time. Um, right, <laughs> let's move to back row. You mentioned, first and foremost, Rob Harley. You had him at second row, Johnny. Um, I personally think of him more as a old-school dirty six, as I like to call them. Um, Johnny, why did you put him in second row? Was it a fact of sort of trying to... We, we mentioned shoehorning earlier. Is it shoehorning other players into that back row? It's, that's exactly what it is. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, had, I had to have Rob Harley in the second row and... And that means that Johnny Gray and Al Kellick are not in my team because some things are more important. You cannot ask, <laughs> ask a man from the Howard Fife to make a Green Glasgow 15 and not expect to have Chris Cazaro in the back row. So <laughs> Rob Harley moves to second row and Fuzzy comes in at six for me. Six, okay. I see, I've got, well, I've got, I've got, I'll tell you. I've got Fuzzy and Barks as my two. Uh, so Chris Cazaro and John Barkley. Ah, uh, so you've went Barks seven. Yeah, yeah, and I think uh, they can they can kind of they can work around. They've both done they've both done a very good job for Glasgow doing that uh, together. So yeah, I think if I if I went the so I've, I've, uh, Fizarro's in my second fifteen, but I think if I had Fizarro, I know I know I, I accept <laughs> what you're saying, but I think I would have went Barkley six, Fizarro seven, because Barkley played six in his later career. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've I've went Barkley at seven. As well, so we're agreed on that. So poor, poor Fizarro's going to miss out at seven. See, Alex Carwin's not right. <laughs> You're not going to enjoy this. Um, <sighs> John Barkley's in, and that's that's first and foremost. And the I I love John Barkley. I you know his spell at Scarlett he was superb for a start, but I think he's a brilliant player and deserved so much more than what he got in his career. It's in so many ways, both success wise. 
in caps wise I think still he could have had more caps for Scotland than he did through injury and all sorts um I right Chris Fazzaro first and foremost I owe him an apology because I think on your podcast John I said something along the lines of Chris Fazzaro is no is no Jack Morgan and probably need to give it an apology for that first and foremost because he was yeah, a phenomenal. You're lucky that was my recourse, by the way. <laughs> I think I think I did say at that point, "Lucky well, Johnny's not you." <laughs> yeah, I, I realise I may have misspoken slash shown a, a, a love for Jack Morgan that needs to be questioned first and foremost because um, I don't think he knows I exist. But that's that's another topic. I Chris Fazzaro versus Rob. It's Chris Fazzaro versus Rob Harley for me. And I like a dirty six, but I think Chris Fazzaro is a better player. And that's where I'm currently at. And I probably would go with Fazzaro, but that is going against the dirty six open side seven that I really love, which would have been a great balance between Harley and, and Barkley. So, John, please put me out with misery. Who have you, have you opted with Harley at six? I've got Harley at six, but I have Fazaro as my backup seven. So I've got, you know, all the names are there. And do you know what I'm thinking about it? I like the idea of us playing with two sevens. Um, actually, I think that for the Glasgow way of playing the game and hopefully the backs with picked, that could be really exciting having two sevens in there, causing carnage at the breakdown. Actually, I would, I would again, I would counter argue and say you could just go Fazaro and Barclay, Barclay at six, Fazaro at seven, and I would be perfectly happy with that. You did say right at the start, though. I think it was Johnny who said that. If we're binning, yeah. If we're binning John Harley, uh, sorry, if we're binning Rob Harley, that a lot of Glasgow fans would shoot us on the spot, pretty much. Well, true, true. Shall we experiment with a fuzzy Barkley and Rob Harley back row? Who have we all got at number eight? Can we bin a number eight? Barkley could go eight. Barkley could. Played a lot of eight at Scarlet, especially, but uh, you know, so he can play eight and very successfully. Well, let's let's talk eight then and see what, see if we can make this yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> a worker. Nobody wants to get shot. No, um, I've gone Johnny Beatty first and foremost. Interesting. Would be like fifth choice. Sixth. I, <laughs> I, right. I had him as a back, backup six. I, I didn't even have him eight. I really like Johnny Beatty. That, that's that's just a personal taste, and I I I wonder if perhaps he's gone with Strauss, who personally I wasn't as big a fan of. I thought Johnny Beatty was a really good ball carrier. And similarly to Barkley, probably in that era where Scotland weren't as successful, I think he was a standout player a couple of the times for for Scotland. Um, a big ball carrying eight, I wouldn't be against having Barkley at eight. I've got to be honest already, so I'm quite tempted to move that around. But well, I, especially since, I went with Strauss. It doesn't matter what I say because if he's fifth choice in, in John's list, so I may as well move on. Johnny, you had you had Strauss. Sorry, go on. I went with Strauss, but I don't have the emotional atta- attachment to George Strauss that I have with the others, so I'd happily <laughs> lose him if we're going <laughs> to. If we're going to reject the back row, I don't mind taking him out. Two, two other names to throw into the mix, right? So first of all, I think Johnny Beatty was a very good player, but for Glasgow, he was about twenty percent of the player that he could have been, and. And he left the clouds and uh, left the club in a bit, bit of a kind of under a bit of a cloud. Really, really didn't seem to enjoy playing rugby at Glasgow, um, which was a real shame because, again, the two names we've mentioned Barkley already. The other name to throw into the mix at eight, Kelly Brown, uh, who played a lot of eight at Glasgow at the time, so the Killer Bees, of course. Uh, and then 
I, I, this might get me shot by Glasgow fans. And given some of the things I've said about this gym in the past, I'm shocking myself here. We need to consider Ryan Wilson as well. All right. I love Batman. I've never made a secret about it. For for much the same reason that I love Xander, because... <laughs> Just a different context. Because they, they, they like... They like going on the wind-up and I enjoy that. I think it's funny. I especially like it when we're playing Monster because uh, oh, the, like, yes. the likes of... We've spoken about him already. CJ <laughs> And of course, everyone's favourite, least favourite person, Peter Romani, just seemed to like... Bat- Batman goes for them and I, and I do love it. But... Mm, I don't know. I... I personally would say the best thing Ryan Wilson's done is his appearance on um, the the rugby podcast. The, the uh, what's it called now? The the rugby podcast with Danny Kerr, Hugo Monier, and so and so. Yeah, where yeah. he had a, a pretty much an hour long session of just winding up Danny Kerr, which was actually brilliant <laughs> audio. If anyone's listened to that, please do because it's brilliant. I know I'm playing a different pod. That's Ryan Wilson's career in it. That's yeah. Absolutely. Yes. I, who, which was the which was the Welsh scrum half that he untied his, his bootlace? Was it Gareth Davis? So, <laughs> was it? Yeah, I think it was. That's yeah, Gareth, brilliant. Gareth Davis is Gareth Davis is waiting to put the ball into a scrum, and Batman just leaned over and untied his shoelace. Brilliant. <laughs> and then when Glasgow played Saris a couple uh, played Scarlet a couple of weeks ago, he uh, put it on his Instagram story uh, like a video of him doing it, and was like, "Don't forget the double knot, mate." <laughs> He's wonderful. And do you know what? Like I might have, I might have him in my team just for that. But to be honest, if if there's an option of going for a, a fuzzy Rob Harley, John Barkley back row, that's what I would. That's what I'd lean towards. I think that's the same thing to do. It shows it shows the club legends the respect they deserve. Aye. Yeah, Rob Harley then with his two hundred fifty nine appearances. Uh, John Barkley at eight. And Fuzzy at seven, or Chris Fazzaro, as you know, I, I'm not too. <laughs> I had to send you a message, didn't I, earlier in the week and say, um, You're gonna have to help me with some of these nicknames <laughs> because <laughs> I wasn't sure. <laughs> I'd only just learned Toonie to be fair a few weeks ago, so um, that's the start. Um, there are, there are so, so many other names obviously to mention in this back row uh, John Petri, um, Simone Favaro, who I mentioned a couple of weeks ago in, in terms of Italian 15s. Um, yeah. Yeah, you've you've got so many other names. The current incumbents, the likes of Matt Ferguson and Rory Darge, and Darge especially, you know, it's probably probably a matter of time before he makes an appearance in yeah. this fifteen. Yeah, and a name that doesn't get mentioned, and actually, I think it's almost tainted by the association with the Dave Benny era. But Callum Gibbons mm. is a name that doesn't get mentioned uh, in any of these discussions. And what a player he was, and what an import. And I've never seen seen him have a bad game. For Glasgow, and you know, you could say about volume of games. You know, is he our is he our greatest ever New Zealand import? I think. I mean, it wouldn't be difficult, but um, <laughs> yeah, like very very talented. But Favaro was such a fan's favourite at the time as well. Um, yeah, there was Glasgow. Have always had some really interesting battles, and you know, we've obviously we've not mentioned. Um, Certain by, certain by, 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 by
I think we've got I think we can safely say Ryan Wilson's on the bench as well just for vibes like just for, just for a laugh yeah. in the changing room that's purely yeah. he's just purely in case just in case we're playing Monster yeah and yeah. he's banging on the um, dressing room door just screaming at the opposition <laughs> just going yeah we won <laughs> just all game just... <laughs> I would be surprised if he actually does that <laughs> yeah. It's a shame up. we can't, can't have Strauss for Munster as well Because obviously yeah. sta- Standing Leggate still, yeah. uh, still a personal favourite of mine uh, Josh Strauss tar- Targeting Conor Murray's standing leg I <laughs> Shut up son yeah. <laughs> It's strange almost, almost as if the whole game revolves Around targeting half-backs isn't it It's like it's like that. It's almost as if that's the job of a back row is to target the halfbacks. <laughs> Bizarre. Again, it's, it's, it's all subjective, isn't it? <laughs> was it was it Paul Ringer back in the eighties for Wales that sort of got a red card for a late hit on a fly half, where he'd before the line out signal to the fly half, "God, you're having it. I'm coming after you." <laughs> <laughs> And then you sort of can't 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 avoid saying there was some intent there. <laughs> Coming back to our discussion from earlier, um, right? Yeah, yeah. Back three. Um, look, I think fullback is very easy. Uh, Stuart Hogg straight in. I don't think either of you are going to disagree. Yeah. Although I did rather enjoy John's uh, reference to him as a turnstile on a recent podcast of the Scottish Rugby Pod. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, that's, um, yeah, you call what's in front of you, don't you? Um, he's, ne- he's never been that defensively great, let's, let's be fair. He's not as bad as he's maybe made out to be in certain media outlets, but um, his defence hasn't been great and it was particularly poor over the last wee while. But let's not take away from the fact, you know, he he is, a, you know, he's a Glasgow legend. He's a phenom- was a phenomenal player at Glasgow. Whether his uh, silly comments to the Glasgow fans uh, when the, the Exeter came up to play at Scottsdale recently uh, has changed anyone's opinion on it. He's still a phenomenal player. Um, the other names I had, I had, I had two more names at 15. Um, uh, Sir Tony uh, Bernardo, the famous for his uh, socks around his ankles. Um, Bernie was absolutely loved by the Glasgow fans and Hogg actually was, he, he came sort of into the team just as uh, Sorconi left and people were concerned, obviously, about you know, the drop-off of having such a talented, wonderful player being replaced by a rookie. Uh, but obviously Hogg kind of set the heather alight quite quickly. And then the last, oh, this is an honourable mention and this is stretching it, but I've got to get him in here purely for his massive, massive moustache and beard. But also that performance in South Africa yes. when he went the length of the park, Rooney Jackson um, came back, played fullback at a time when Glasgow hadn't fullback. Hogg was injured. We didn't have anyone else. Uh, Rooney Jackson had to go the length of the park in altitude down in Bloemfontein. And I've never seen a professional athlete look so dead <laughs> after playing 80 metres. But. You know, what an effort. And, uh, yeah, a great, again, a great Glasgow servant, two periods at the club, uh, you know, fly half at full back, but great, great servant. So worth a, worth a mention. I really like Rui Jackson. Go on, Johnny, sorry. Rudy's my back on the bench. He's my back on the bench because the only, the only thing that stops him from being a starter in this team is that he played either 10 or 15 in those two jobs are very much taken. 
Yeah. It's kind of like Blair, Blair Kinghorn, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going to listen to this, don't you? <laughs> That's exactly why I've said it. He, he is appearing later in this week on this pod to, to preview <laughs> Scotland, Wales, Scotland ah, women. Yes. So, um, but yeah, I'm surprised um, he's not messaging us already. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but I I was a big fan of Rui Jackson. Like I wanted to say, um, I I liked him as a fly half back at Wasps. He had a very good se- couple of seasons at Wasps at fly half, and um, yeah, I I can completely understand the mention of Rui Jackson. But yeah, he, he does miss out for me wings. Um, I mentioned to you before, John, uh, DTH van der Merwe, that 2015 World Cup. Uh, Johnny, as well, how how incredible was he in that 2015 World Cup? He he's fantastic. He was he was incredible his entire Glasgow career. He was outstanding for Canada in that World Cup. Um, he's a ridiculously good looking man. He's also a firefighter. It's bordering on, on unfair, actually. DTH, I think he should. Um, I don't know. We need to we need to handicap him in some way because that's just there's too much going on there. I can't I can't, I can't take it. His he name is beautiful as well, isn't it? Yeah, it just rolls off the so, tongue. So exotic. <laughs> yeah. He was he was actually one of the first people I interviewed at Scotsdale. Really? When when he came up, when he was playing with the Scarlets, he's returned uh, returned to Scotsdale, and he spent about forty minutes with me, just talking. Is the most polite, wonderful man. Um, and obviously, he's an absolute tank. He's mm. massive. He's just a phenomenal try scorer as well. Obviously, but you know, for put it simply, he's Glasgow's record try scorer. Yeah, like, there's no way you could not have him in here. No. Uh, wonderful. You, he's loving life in LA as well. Oh that, yes, that that guilty these team just looks like phenomenal talent. Looks like a lot of fun. Living in LA is obviously brilliant, and DTH is making the most of it. And good on him. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, a brilliant player. Just uh, he had he had the whole package as a winger. Good feet, powerful for for his height. He was so powerful. I think there's a try he sets up against Italy, where Canada almost beat Italy, obviously in that 2015 World Cup. And I think he sets it up for the centre, and he runs it from his own 22. I think it's off a kickoff almost, and he, he's, he's he was so good. I, I I loved watching him throughout that World Cup, and loved watching him for Glasgow and Scarlets. DTH yeah. for Canada in that World Cup reminded me of you know when you're at school and you've got one player that's much better. Than <laughs> yeah, that's what he was like playing for Canada in that World Cup. It was like, just, like, like just hang around DTH till something good happens. To be fair, I, I don't remember seeing that because that was me. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I definitely wasn't. I was coming off the bench and getting a broken leg. That was that was my rugby career. Um, right, other wing. Oh. This is tough, I think, because there are a few mentions. Um, but yeah. it's it's hard for me to look past Tommy Seymour, and I know he had That's a drop off. It's a no brainer. It's an absolute. I Tommy Zoom all day and twice on a Sunday. Yeah, he, he did have a drop off. It had, you know, we've we've talked about that on separate pods before, but for a period he was insane. I think it was that around that Lions store in 2017, he was absolutely incredible. Um, I mentioned Al Kellogg was uh, two-time team of the season for Pro 12. I think, well, according to what I've seen, <laughs> the only other player to do that was Tommy Seymour, which just shows how consistent he was as well. Yeah. Just score, score tries for fun. Uh, the relationship he had with other backs that would be in this team as well. Uh, just... 
wonderful player for Scotland, wonderful player for Glasgow, was a massive fan of the intercept try as well in his early days, until uh, he realised it was much harder to run the length of the park. <laughs> Instead, you could just get on the end of a, a, a Stuart Hawk uh, pass or kick through, and that's a much much easier way to score your tries. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, to, to, you know, Tommy was Tommy was the first to receive the Scottish Rugby Blog Stand on the Chair Award for his retire, he uh, where me and Ian Hay nearly died. So um, <laughs> my, my chair rotates. Uh, it turns out I had, had thought it through, but <laughs> captain my captaining was not was not my proudest moment. But I, yeah, we survived barely. But no, to, Tommy Tommy's in hundred percent. Yeah, um, so good in the year as well. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant, and that is going to be key for my my side when I come to half backs. But we'll move on to that. Um, right, uh, uh, I, actually, we should before we move on is mention the other guys, which were the Evans brothers, of course, and Rory Lamont. You could mention in here as well, and Sean Lamont, of course. So all the brothers just getting them in there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think, unless either of you have been tempted to move Sean to thirteen, I I would be surprised <laughs> at that. I didn't expect that strong a reaction. I've just said, let's be serious about moving Sean Lamont and I'm about to tell you who I actually <laughs> It's It's a Welsh fate to move wingers to the centre and realise they can't pass. Uh... Well, if you're going to move anyone to 13, you don't move a winger to 13. No, no, you don't. No. You move the man who, for me, very nearly kept John Barkley out of my... Glasgow 15 in there he plays where he wants Richie Vernon at 13 for me Richie Vernon I look I've never seen anything like it the way that I remember <laughs> remember one week just watching I think it must be scrum 5 or something and then going and uh, Richie Vernon the, the flanker is playing at 13 and we were like <laughs> Come again. <laughs> the, the only comparable moment I could think is that 2013 Lions test out in Australia where all the Australian centres get injured and all of a sudden then you've got Hooper playing inside centre. And that's how I thought it would go. But in fairness to him, he was incredibly successful, played in that final as well, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. That, that, that's the thing people forget, of course, that, you know, Vernon came in and was a crucial part of that run-in. He scored some great tries. Six foot five, could run run up he had a decent line on him, could pass as well. You know, it wasn't it wasn't a freak show at thirteen. He was a phenomenally talented player, still able to cover the back as well as he'd done a few times in Europe. I just think like we, we joke about how well, you know, we, we say like he's obviously a bit of a cult favourite for Glasgow fans, but actually he was a phenomenal player. He gave a lot to the club. He is one of the most self-deprecating people I've ever met. He's, again, just a lovely guy. So unlucky with injury just at the end of his career as well. He had a couple of very serious injuries. I think if he hadn't had those injuries, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't even be giggling about the idea of playing 13. It would be a shoo-in because actually a couple of the other options at 13, whilst phenomenal players, I, I'm happy that Vernon, for me, is more of a Glasgow player than than these guys. Is 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 it Richard Vernon for you as well? At thirteen. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I, have, have you seen, have you seen my Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> I the, the only 
That cupboard back there's an altar to it. <laughs> <laughs> there are two. There are two rules in a Glasgow fifteen. One is Rob Harley's in it, and two is Richie Vernon's a thirteen. Yeah, I wouldn't have been very popular in, in a Glasgow 15, let's put it that way. If you're I, about to see huge wounds, we're going to have a problem. No, right, it, 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 you don't, you, it's the first time we've met in first, Johnny, but you'll learn quickly I'm not a big fan of Hugh Jones. Um, <laughs> I, I think going forward, Hugh Jones was incredible, really great going forward. The, the problem was, it, it, we've mentioned turnstile. I don't think he was, there was any, any limit in his defence, personally. I think there was that game um, at Twickenham and... You know, he got found out there. I think he got found out in Cardiff a few times as well. And I, I did feel sorry for him for a bit because he did become the whipping boy to some extent. I think certain sides targeted him. And then also then a lot of fans got on his back and all sorts. And then he got dropped. And he's. I'm really glad. I must say, I am glad to see how he's resurrecting his career with Harlequins now. That is great to see. The, the guy I would mention here, though, is Mark Bennett. I am a big fan of Mark Bennett. Um, he actually made an appearance in our Edinburgh 15. Because they didn't have, because as as we talked about on the podcast, there weren't many centres. But I am a big, fan. <laughs> I am I am a big fan of Mark Bennett. Anyway, you know I think he's been unlucky with injuries. You look how great he was in that World Cup, the same World Cup actually, and you know that try yeah. that try he scores, and you think, and everyone thought they were going through, and then yeah, let, let's move on. But I I am more than happy to put Richie Vernon at thirteen. Vernon's at thirteen, I think. Bennett's a good player. But, um, he's, if he's in the Edinburgh 15, he's an Edinburgh player now. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they can have him. No, uh, do you know, actually, it's a bit harsh. Bennett is, uh, uh, always was a very, very good player at Glasgow. Had some uh, massive games for the club. Uh, very, very talented. Um, just, just isn't, you know, multi positional Richie He's just not Richie Vernon. Does Mark Bennett play when he wants? No, he does not. No. <laughs> Have you got similarly, or have you gone with one single? Like Johnny's got a one horse. <laughs> one horse. There, there is only ever going to be one person, and I think you know exactly who it is. For exactly the same reason that Fuzzy's in there for me, uh, Pete Horn at 12, please. How a Fife legend, Pete Horn. Okay, it's a three horse race. Uh... <laughs> oh, I'm wait, I mean, who have you got this? Oh, yeah. Wait a minute. Well, I, I, I liked Pete Horn. I like Pete Horn. Um, but I really like Sam Johnson, and I was a big fan of Alex Dunbar. I think, I really think Sam Johnson is one of the most underrated rugby players going at the moment. I th- so do I, actually. I think he's yeah. hugely underrated. I think when Cam Redpath is unavailable, I think he ha- he's a shoe in at 12 for, for Scotland. I think he has to be there because he's the glue. Yeah. When he's yeah. not there, I think Scotland really struggle because. They haven't got that guy to just do the no frills. He's. I'll tell you what about Sam Johnson. Actually, when it comes to Scotland, he is the only person who can control and understand Finn Russell since Pete Horn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. I, 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 I love. I really like Sam Johnson. I, I, I was about to say I love him. That's a bit far, but I do think he is. <laughs> I do think he's massively forgotten about because he's that no-frills player that no one wants to love. But I just think certainly things he does are brilliant. The try against England, you mentioned the try against Cardiff. Yes, it's poor defence, but it's still brilliant strength from him. He does have great moments, but he does the no-frills. 
go on, go on, John. Yeah, Who's no, that? I mean, speaking of speaking of brilliant moments and, and no thrill, uh, uh, no thrills though. You've mentioned them already, Alex. Alex Dunbar. Um, you know, the fact is that for a period of time, again, around that time when Glasgow were incredibly successful, Alex Dunbar was a player that just was unplayable. Could cover both twelve and thirteen equally as well, but it was at twelve we really saw that he went away, had a very serious knee injury. He came back from it, reinvented himself as this. Just you know, we talk about how good a defender Chris Harris usually is. Well, not count this Six Nations. Alex Dunbar was that you know yeah. five six years ago. He was un- unbreachable. Um, I've never seen a twelve white. As good over the ball as no, well. I haven't either. That 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 jackal that he was able to. He was he was you know we obviously the cliche is an extra back from he absolutely was that he was just a machine in that defence and I think there's there's arguments for all three. I I actually I totally take your point regarding Sam Johnson. I think he's not a guy who's on my list. It's interesting that despite the fact I talked to you about how much I love him as a player. Uh, I agree. I think he is criminally underrated. Uh, I think he probably suffers from playing in this Glasgow team, actually, uh, from from a picking a Glasgow side perspective. Because yes, he was around. He was where you know, Dave Rennie was taking us to the finals and stuff like that. He was around, but he wasn't as much of a mainstay in that side as he is now. And I think he does struggle because he's kind of guilty by association in some ways with what we're seeing now and the decline in Glasgow. Um, but yeah, I've got Dunbar and I've got Johnny's man, Pete Horn. Um, you know, we'll come at Johnny with, with regards to Horn some more in a minute. But the thing that we always say about Pete Horn is Glasgow, Scotland, always played better with him at 12. Let's not talk about 10, because he's done a great job at 10. He would fill in. He was, he, he, you know... And he had some great games at 10 for both Scotland and Glasgow, but he was never never as comfortable. Surprisingly physical 12. Really, mm. really strong. Really quick. Really aggressive. You, he, he had that look about him where you were like, well, obviously you get a wee bit seen in defence. People will go over him. Never happened. Never missed. Never missed attack. Great kicking game with the left foot as well. One of the best passers of all I've ever seen. Jamie Dobby now has that angle for me, but Pete Horn probably just off either hand. Phenomenal player. So I picked Alex Dunbar, Johnny, but I've got Horn as my second choice. Johnny, do you want to go on about yeah. do you want to go on about um or do you have anything to add really to, about Pete Horn? Yeah, well do you know it's it's just you know, it's like John said, um fantastic player. Like you said about Sam Johnson, and I take a I'm like John. I completely take your point about Sam Johnson. I was a bit sort of... I tried to not include too many people who are currently playing for Glasgow. Yeah. But Sam Johnson's a shout. But no, you know, like, like John says, you just, for Glasgow and Scotland, you felt a bit calmer if Pete Horn was playing. Because, because Pete Horn could just sort of just regulate things, especially when you've got Finn Russell there and, you know, we had Hugh Jones and Hoggy and stuff. And you knew that if Pete Horn was there, not not much was going to go wrong. And I remember, like like John says about him in defence, uh, an autumn test game against Fiji for Scotland where he just chopped enormous Fijian runners for yeah. 
for the entire game. Mm. And he's just he's just one of those players where when he's around you feel a bit better. <laughs> he just uh, yeah, I don't know. For me, always maybe 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 a bit more calm. I, I, I can understand P. Horn. I liked him as well. But yeah, for me, I, I would have gone Sam Johnson. But I'm more than happy to go P. Horn. I did debate bringing a fourth name in here. And the fourth name was going to be Finn Russell, which sort of hints to... And that that sort of hints to something else. But we'll, we'll move on. A uh, quick mention, because I know you, you said that you obviously um, train with him occasionally, Johnny, was Heaven O'Hare. I was... Welsh rugby league player, but did play for yes. player Glasgow, which I wanted to get a mention in. There's a I ne- nearly put him in as as just a Welsh representative. <laughs> representative. I'd, um, like see, I'd like to see half of the team just for just for banter. <laughs> <laughs> um, another n- mention there, Graham Morrison as well. I think 177 appearances. Who you know, great servant, but I think I've discussed this before. Was probably not quite the caliber of player that we've talked about here. Yeah, yeah, and I think he would be the first to admit that as well. Yeah, yeah, and I think that was his job was just truck it up, yeah. no frills as we mentioned before, just do that. Um, right, fly half. I've sort of hinted at what I'm going to do by well, saying, have we, have we settled on? Have we agreed? Oh, sorry, Horn. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, is it Horn that's going on? Are we agreeing that? I mean, I know Johnny's agreeing that. I'm fine with yeah, that. Of course, I'm sorry, like, sorry, John. I, I, as much as I love Alex the Far with all my heart, so Andy's dog. Um, yeah, it's fine. Pure. Sorry, John. As, as you mentioned, he was his second choice. I felt like that was the unofficial fourth list. Fourth <laughs> person was John's fourth list. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was the arbiter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, right, fly half. I have hinted to it because I, I mentioned a wet and windy Glasgow. And I think there was no one better than Dan Parks in wet and windy conditions in Glasgow. Now, I know both of you are going to be, yeah, hand, head in hands, but... When I think of Glasgow, I think of Naughty's Glasgow. And I remember a lot of sides going up to Glasgow and really struggling in those conditions. Now, I realise, obviously, I've partly done this to be slightly controversial, slightly offbeat. I'm not, <laughs> I am not denying that in the slightest. And I can see Johnny's face. He's only, like this, in fairness to Johnny, I feel sorry for him because the first time he's met me and I initially was debating not having Rob Harley and now I haven't got Finn Russell. But I... I just think, when I think of Glasgow, I don't think of Finn Russell, I think of Dan Parks. That's why I've gone with Dan Parks. He's scored more points. Yes, he had more appearances and those sort of things come into play. But that's why I've gone with him. I, I'm going to be outvoted, I, but I'm happy, to, I'm happy to be so. Because I support and like watching Glasgow, I have not chosen Dan Parks. <laughs> <laughs> because I want Glasgow to be successful. <laughs> Go on. Ex- explain ex- explain in short terms why I'm completely wrong. Well, doesn't it? I, I went on a bit to try and justify my why, point, but I didn't manage it. <laughs> why you're you completely wrong by not picking uh, Glasgow and probably Scotland's possibly best ever player and choosing Dan Parks instead? <laughs> do, yeah. Do you genuinely need us to explain that? <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Go on. Um, is, is there anything else to say on Finn Russell other than he is just an incredible talent that... Um, you know, can win a game single-handedly effectively. He is... I remember Finn Russell when he came on to make his debut for Glasgow. Um, he came on at 12. Uh, this young... Just he had this, he had this silly... You remember the silly flop over here oh, that he had God, in the time, Johnny? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, just, he was just a young boy. He was, he was not well-conditioned. 
there was not much on still up. not well conditioned yeah but it was a different type of not well conditioned <laughs> it was a bit thinner <laughs> but you've never seen a guy just grab a game with the scruff of the neck right from the off mm. and just he set his stall out that first minute that he came on he's just like yeah I'm in charge it's fine let's go and just starts throwing the ball around getting those exciting backs that he had outside him just getting them on the ball doing Finn stuff and the fact that we even we all say that he's doing Finn things and we know what that means we know it's the crazy little chip kicks it's the missed passes it's the women massive big looping passes without Finn Russell Glasgow never win a championship because well practically speaking that pass in the semi-final you know last minute of the game and he looked step off a rock off a terrible ball from nine, off his bad hand, and he loops it into the bread basket. You know, 25 metres, stay border, have it. And DTH doesn't break straight. You're like, who, do, who does that? Dan Fox mm. doesn't do that. <laughs> um, I, I, I take your point in regard part scored a lot of points for Glasgow, and I've, got, I've actually got second in my list because I think he, in a bad Glasgow team, he kicked a lot of goals, but actually... His type of play was symptomatic of Scottish rugby at the time in that we had no ambition, no like quality, uh, no creativity. We relied on penalty goals. We kicked a lot. The fact Chris Parsons considered one of our greatest players when he was the goal machine, that's all he was. Like, I will start, I'll die on that hill. Um, <laughs> You're really hoping Craig's you listening, know, aren't you? <laughs> it's, 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 no, it is. It's symptomatic of what Scottish rugby was at that yeah. time. And I think the fact that we look at a player like Finn Russell, the fact that fans criticise Finn Russell for being too much is, like, I would always argue, if you don't like what Finn Russell does, when Finn Russell's on form, if you don't like what he's doing, you don't like rugby. And I would, I would simply say that to anyone. And I've had that argument with people. No, fair enough. Um, I, I think I've been suitably told. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um and, and 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 now I'm very tentative to to suggest my joke nine, which I want to state was a joke nine of Henry Pergos because I wanted a kicking nine and ten. <laughs> Pergos when he was at Glasgow, Pergos played in that championship winning team. But it's a bit of due respect to him. He was a decent player. He wasn't a world beater. He controlled some really good games yeah. for Glasgow. He played some very good games, and there was a time when he was considered Scotland's best scrum half. But let's not forget that. The fact that he's went to Edinburgh and now resembles the art of drift. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, my my tactic cheers me up every day. <laughs> my, my, <laughs> my tactic was solely based around a wet, wet Glasgow pitch pre four G. With I've I've realised it's absolutely ruined by the fact I've gone out about Leonate. If I wanted to back my tactic and I've had Johnny Gray in instead of Nakarawa, I wouldn't have had two sevens in the back row. <laughs> so I think I think I've got to can that tactic. Um, right, I think I think nine. We are talking. Are we going ridiculous nine, as in for what he could do, or are we going incredible nine for what he does? Um, Johnny, you mentioned Nico Matawalu and whether or not he was your nine or your wing. Have you gone with him at nine? Uh, I hadn't originally. Originally, I was I was choosing between um, Ali Price and Chris Cusser. Yeah. Uh, but over the course of the last hour or so, I've done quite a good job of getting people in the team who I think should be in the team. 
for what they've brought to Scottsdale rather than possibly what they're capable of. We've got Pete Horn and Richie Vernon as a centre partnership, apparently. Um, we've got Finn in. I reckon we'll just go, we'll go full mad, but let's have Nico. Nico Matuana. I actually changed my list as we were talking. I, I put Nico in my list as we were talking. I yeah. had Chris Cusseter slash Ali Price in there. It says Chris Cusseter slash Ali Price slash Nico. I cussed that Price. Um, and Nico as the backup wing originally. <laughs> and, then, and then I went, you know what? No, no. Let's, look, we are picking a Glasgow team. Glasgow, when Glasgow are good, they are free-flowing, <laughs> free crazy rugby. It is some of the most, like, some of the happiest moments I've ever had watching rugby has been watching Nico Matalawa at nine tapping a penalty in the last minute to win us the game, but tapping and going for a laugh anyway. And, you know, just absolute infuriating madness, but it nearly always came off. Mm. Yeah. And, and the thing is, like, the of how even, when, was. even when Nico comes on on the wing, the first thing he does is at the first break, then he shoves the scrum half out of the way. Exactly. Or the first thing he does is catch the ball it goes 90 metres down the park before popping to Nick Greg. So, you yeah. know, it's Nico, Nico for me is what Glasgow rugby should be about. It's fun, it's frantic, it's skillful. You know, let's not forget the guy, the guy was an incredibly talented rugby player, strong yeah. as a rocks as well. Yeah, let's get him in at so, nine and let's just watch the madness on. Cuss and Ali Price are Glasgow's best two scrum halves of this period. Ali Price is a two-test lion. Yeah. Cuss carried us for a long time early yep. on. They they are the sensible scrum halves. They're, they're, they're our best scrum halves. They're our best game managers. They're the ones who have done the most for the club. For this team, it's got to be Nico. Yeah. Brilliant. I, 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 I want to disagree. I want to disagree. Embrace the madness. I, I'm going to have to. I had I had Ali or Nico because I, I, I think Cusseter was a brilliant player. But for me, Cusseter maybe did his best work outside of Glasgow. Maybe. Uh, it was a slight feeling. And, and maybe that's a bit I, harsh. I don't know. That's more, more open to debate. That's more open to debate than you, buddy, I'd say. I think Cusseter had a, a few years at Glasgow where Cusseter was phenomenal. Um, and I think, like, his stuff outside, obviously, played in France and played, in, played for, was it Sale? Sale. played for in England as well. He did, he did have a decent career, but I think his best days, for me, his best days were in Glasgow. Fair enough. Like, but I, I don't disagree with Ali Price with the sensible choice. He's, yeah. he's the, the quality. Um, do you know what? There's a part of me that thinks, like, Ali Price has been so consistent for Glasgow. There's part of me that thinks we forget how good he is at times. And he almost gets kind of like, we just expect that quality from him and we don't realise how lucky we are. He's he's a guy who I think's come on leaps and bounds in the last year. I I personally didn't really rate him, um, and largely you know there's certain moments that stand in my memory that the intercept pass against Wales in the Millennium Stadium, <laughs> Principality. You know that well, that stands in my memory, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry, Charlie, but that stuck in my memory, and I was thinking that's Ali Price. You know, he's good or he does that, but then he's improved his consistency. And I must say, he's been a brilliant scrum half of the last year. I thought he was f- 
one of Scotland's best players in the Six Nations, superb against Italy, and and has been brilliant for Glasgow. Um, a quick mention, we do have to mention George Horn as well, because you know I'm sure Johnny would wouldn't want to move on before mentioning George Horn. I think oh. he's got 34 tries for Glasgow, which is phenomenal for a scrum half. Um, do you you've mentioned on the Scottish Rugby Pod? Well, both of you have mentioned on the Scottish Rugby Pod several times about the George Horn situation. Where do you think he should move to if he was to move because of the situation that he's currently finding himself as just second choice? Do you know I don't I don't want to say it, but awesome. I mean, Edinburgh don't have a good option, do they? Be honest. No, no, they don't. They can talk all they want about Charlie Shield and uh, all the the guys that have been Ben Velikot's there now. I suppose. Ben Velikot's a decent player, but Edinburgh are Edinburgh are the home of. The, everyone's got a higher ceiling than players in Glasgow. Everyone's got potential, and they will eventually make that potential happen at some point in the unicorn future, where everything's shining happy. Um, George Horn would go there and would be be competing with Ben Villacott straight away. Um, he would be a definite upgrade on what they have. I I'd think be a should, lot happier with him going there now with Mike Blair than I would have been with yeah with Cockrell. Yeah, Cockrell, oh, I'll yeah say that about it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Part of me wants to just go down to England and just tear it up for like a mid, a mid tier club in England, like a Gloucester or something like that. Just him and Adam Hastings at Gloucester would be fun. That would be great. They they were good at Glasgow together as well. I, the the Gloucester. They've got the young kid coming through, haven't they? Whose name has escaped me. Um, uh, Chapman is it? Charlie Chapman. Who they mm-hmm. they rate quite highly. That's going to be a problem. Yeah. You know, Stephen Varney can't get a game there at Gloucester. I I know Stephen Varney was didn't have his best Six Nations, but you know, <laughs> if we're talking, you know, as as quality young players, he is a talented player. So he's not getting a game at Gloucester. It'd be a risk. I but I agree. Eng, England would be good to see him. I'd really like to see him given a chance because, yeah, I think he's a quality player. Um, right, less likely outcome is it, brother? You know, you know, if he's going anywhere, it'll be it. It will be. Um, Let's and then he'll not make our list. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move to captain. We always do this. Um, right, I'm just saying this out right. Co-captain and Glasgow, what on earth is that about? Because that needs to be canned. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of the co-captain. Uh, well, well, we're not canning it right now when we've got Rob Harley and John Barkley in the team, are we? Let's be honest. And Al Kellich. And Al Kellich. Al Kellich. Yeah. So we're having, we're having three cool captains. Uh, and oh. Richie Gurney, captain of the Bikes. Oh, it's, it's a pet hate of mine. I don't. I just. I just hate it. I really hate it. It. It was particularly awkward during the, the Callum Gibbons Ryan Wilson. Time yeah. There, yeah. Where they were both in the party at the same time, and they're both going to speak to the referee. It's like, guys, one one or other. One both very intimidating. One voice for me. I just, I, I always assumed, but initially I assumed it was partly due to the fact that they assumed halfway through the game the referee would get peeved off with Ryan Wilson <laughs> and want a different voice. <laughs> so that was the idea I thought it was. I, I'm just not, I'm not a fan of this co-captaincy thing. Scotland hand out vice captains to pretty much everybody as well. Oh, yeah. I think it's, just, yeah. it's just a thing now. Yeah. Vice... It's, to keep, it's to keep the, the egos happy. Yeah. To let them know that the, their, their voices are being heard. Yeah. Or in uh, Wales, just fully embrace the spirit and make me co-captain. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if 
So, so for vibes, we're going Nika Matawalu. If this was a sensible fifteen, which we've, I think we've thrown out the window earlier. But if the, <laughs> who, who would you opt for as captain uh, out of the, the the three we mentioned? Probably Al Kellogg, John Barkley, and Rob Harley would be the the leading candidates. Paul Kellogg, Kellogg, yeah. I mean, Rob Harley has captain Glasgow all that often actually no, despite the type of good. the type of man he is uh, he hasn't captained us that much um, Al Kellogg yeah I mean you talk about captaincy Al Kellogg's the only real candidate within there um, they're all leaders in their own way but he you know he's in there for that role really so yeah he's, he's the captain brilliant um, sadly just... not Nico <laughs> I'll just well, well at the moment I've got him as captain and, and Al Kellogg as vice captain. Do you want me to change it? <laughs> no, leave it like that. Brilliant. Um, it. That's brilliant. I'll run through the fifteen. We've got Gordon Reed, Fraser Brown, Xander Ferguson, Al Kellogg, Leonie Nakarawa, Rob Harley, Chris Fazzaro, John Barkley, Nico Matawalu as captain, Finn Russell, Pete Horn, Richie Vernon, DTH Van der Merwe, Tommy Seymour, and Stuart Hogg. Um, Coach is the final question I will ask, but I think you've mentioned Dave Rennie a couple of times. You've also got to mention Townsend here. Is it between those two for you, John? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be really nice to be able to see that team with a Sean Lenin in charge. Because Sean Lenin obviously built the foundation for what Vega Townsend took forward. And it would be really interesting to see what we could do with a team of that talent. But Ultimately, you're talking pedigree, it's down to Townsend or, or Rennie. There's some big characters in that team, isn't there? Um, and just because I actually think, like, we want Finn Russell to play well, so it's going to have to be, it's going to sound mad, it's going to have to be Gregor Townsend, but Glasgow Gregor Townsend? Yeah. And not Dave Rennie and not Scotland Gregor Townsend. Okay, I I thought this was going a different route when you said it, ha, want want uh, Finn to play well because I assumed you'd go, but Finn Finn didn't play his best rugby under Rennie and Rennie actually criticised him quite heavily and said Adam Hastings was a better player than him, which maybe that should have been red flag. Dave Rennie was actually insane, uh, <laughs> but you know that's a it's a big statement. Hastings was a his first full year as a pro, yeah, and Rennie's given it that he's a better player than Russell. Come on. Mate. That's that's your that's your beat master's telling you to say that, yeah. That, uh, <laughs> so no, I think Russell didn't have his best time under Rennie, um for various reasons off the park. I think um, under Townsend in the spell at Glasgow, he was that was when he was at his uh, kind of Glaswegian best. So Townsend. <laughs> yeah. Great. Johnny, are you happy with that? Yeah, absolutely. That's it has, but it's got to be specifically Glasgow to neither. Aye, yeah, we've got to actually specify that. Yeah. So we've got Glasgow Tooney as coach and Waterboy Ryan Wilson, I've decided, on the spot. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. just to come on 100%. and wind up the opposition. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, lads, to have you on. Uh, quick plug, I meant to do it at the start, I completely forgot, but at the end of the podcast, to plug your own podcast, the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Um, is that live tomorrow night, is that correct? Uh, we are live yes. tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow, we are. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow, tomorrow, yes, yeah. we. Yeah. It's for for your listeners. We are recording on Tuesday night, so it is live Wednesday eight thirty. As oh, I think we should be at eight thirty. Um, all the usual places that you can get. Uh, so we're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Twitch, I believe. 
whatever yeah. the young kids watch things on. Um, <laughs> and then, obviously, the podcast itself will go out. The audio from, from what we do live will go out on the Thursday. Um, anywhere that you get your podcasts, give us a wee subscribe, give us a wee review. Um, we don't take things terribly seriously. We enjoy our rugby. We enjoy our we enjoy our laughs, and uh, yeah, we're fresh from having done a live podcast now. So uh, we are, yeah. we're, we're pros now. We're pros now, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, pros are stretching. Can we can we plug one more thing very very quickly, uh, which is that uh, next Saturday, the 9th of April. Uh, John and I, John and I are playing in a charity game. Yeah, it's, a, it's ten days from now, John. <laughs> We're playing in a charity game in Southport for a, a friend of ours who's raising money for Melanoma UK. Um, so he's arranged to play two games within 24 hours. One in Southport, which is obviously northwest England, uh, and one in Hastings, which is southeast. Um, and sort of, so the core body of the team are playing the two games in 24 hours. But the Southport game, we've got a bunch of, of ringers coming in. So me and John are both playing. Um, Lee from Blood and Mud is playing. Uh, Steph from Rock and Roll is playing um, Sam Larner who has been on everyone's podcast and, and does a bunch of analysis and things for Rugby World is playing and Will from the Squidge World Cup podcast is also playing so um, we are raising money I'll I'll give you the name of the team and it's the Nick Giles 15 but I'll chuck yeah, Karen, I'll chuck you the, the Twitter handle and the fundraisers and stuff um, and uh, yeah it should be really good fun if you, if you happen to live near Southport come and see us <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Um, and a great cause as well, John. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you appearing? You mentioned you're a back row so, yeah, staff no, centre. I think, I think the chat is. I'm starting at uh, eight or six, and then I'll be moving to twelve for the second uh, second forty. I'm assuming it'll not be forty. Hopefully, it'll be thirty. Um, <laughs> it's uh, it's four twenties apparently. Which is it four twenties? So I might yeah. well I might I might mix it properly up then. Do, do but, twenty break twenty break. That's my yeah. Point. I might I might try and get I might try get at ten then for the last twenty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just kick the leather off it. The uh, like idle Dan Parks. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, it should be a good laugh. And looking forward to it. It's you know it's it's really interesting for us. You know, well, certainly from my perspective, it's guys that I've watched, listened to, been on calls with and stuff and done podcasts with and to get the chance to meet them and in a proper, like the whole idea of the thing is it's meant to be a proper touring style thing. So, you know, the guys are really, they're, they're taking it fairly seriously in terms of the <laughs> touring aspect of things yeah. and yeah we're just honoured to be to kind of we've got some on. frankly hideous bright yellow shirts with eggs on them they are That's pretty dreadful like, they are they're awful yeah and we've got we're, we're, we have to buy our shirts by the way <laughs> we do yeah no I know I know yeah. so you'll be taking that home with you yeah I know I'll help me get uh, frames uh, what, what number will I get though <gasps> I don't know oh no I do know we're all getting number three Oh, excellent! They're all the same number. Yeah. I mean, it probably suits my physique actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, can't, I can't really comment on that. I don't know. <laughs> myself. Um, You're doing it's fine. <laughs> brilliant! Uh, thanks so much, guys, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, and yeah, to finally do this Glasgow 15, John. You know, we we mentioned it a few weeks ago now, so it's it's brilliant to yeah. get it finally done. Yeah, and... great to get it done, and we'll find a better fun to do that. I think. There's there's choices in there that will get a bit of debate going, but ultimately, like every every person you've mentioned tonight is in some way, shape, or form contributed to Glasgow Warriors, and I think we have to, you know, really 
kind of applaud applaud that and you know we say up the Glasgow fans they always say once a warrior are always a warrior so these guys are you know they're, they're heroes of many of heroes of yesteryear and um, it's great to great to kind of reminisce about them so no brilliant I really enjoyed that brilliant and thanks as well Johnny uh, first appearance and uh, to, to give a Glasgow 15 must have been well it sounds like you got your way a few times so that's that's a good thing isn't it <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that. And yeah, yeah, like, you know, um, like I have repeatedly said, mine was probably not the best 15, but it was my favourite. Um, I think every, everyone who's on the team deserves to be on the team. It's just they all deserve it for different reasons. So that's been good fun. Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, thanks very much, guys. And thanks all for listening. And so long from me. Bye-bye. Cheers.